position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will be my That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number... What, what, what are we up to, Ivor? Uh, 393B. Flavor B. Uh, episode number 393 of the Best Linux Games Podcast! Being recorded for you on this Sunday, the 8th of May, 2022. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. At uh, 4... 50 p.m. Left Coast, Pacific Coast, Coast of the Most Time. Crack Engineer, Iwar Molina, who is fired for Mother's Day. Fired for Mother's Day. Not just some other day. It's just your Mother's Day. Ah, you're fired, Ivor. Holding up the whiskey sign. Thank you, Ivor. It's the best idea you've had all fucking year. You're fired, Ivor, for making me re-record this episode for a third time, motherfucker. With a whiskey sign, cheers to our moms. As so, you know, she had a mother as so many of us, so many of us do. Mm. Mm. 
That would, of course, make it for our sequel, friends. 2022-05-08. What? January, February, March, April. May, yeah, 508. Okay. 2022 508 16, We have a huge show for you tonight. As I mentioned, this is the third time we've recorded this episode. Last night I was so... Before we get to our top stories and everything, let's just do this real fast. This week, the Supreme Court, there's a leaked uh, Supreme Court opinion uh, concerning Roe versus Wade that absolutely should disgust and chill and horrify every single human being in this country. It is a disgusting fucking monstrous vitiation of uh, constitution um, basic basic innate liberty and uh, represents a rising tide of authoritarian rule that uh, attempts that seeks to restrict our rights divide and piss us all off while taking things away from uh, from your average citizen by subdividing us and then um yeah if you're not angry you should be and some people say this is like oh it's a woman's issue you know whatever I don't care I'm a dude yeah well you're an idiot also uh cause this is this is the gateway drug this is like the portal opening you know, like how, like in, like in a bat, like in like a scary Doom style video game style movie. Like the whole thing is, we have to stop the portal from opening. The whole action, rising action of the film is like, we gotta stop the portal from opening, otherwise we'll all be destroyed. That was the last thirty years. The portal is now opening. The wizards have assembled. They have. Their staves, they've collected the infinity stones. They've done all the bad shit, all the sneaky, underhanded bad shit. The lying, the murdering, the killing, the the you know, the hand jobs, I don't know. The whole thing. And now finally the stars are aligned with the Supreme Court. Uh minoritarian I mean, all is crazy. It, so, yeah. Don't be for this. And don't be fooled. When people, if, if you get, if, and talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to your neighbors about this. Go to protests. And never vote for anyone in the Republican Party ever again. That's, that's basically what we've learned. So, there's that. Also, please do not, even though this is like, you know, a fraught I mean, this week was just a motherfucker, man. Like, I mean, I recorded an entire other episode of this show last night that was just about the SCOTUS ruling and Ukraine and how the two are are kind of intrinsically linked. They're both part of an anti-freedom movement that is Sweeping the world. It's a pro-fascist anti-democracy movement. Um, but anyway, I don't know if I'm going to release that or not. It's an hour long. 
it sure was therapeutic in a weird way for me to get it off my chest. But anyway, do not forget about Ukraine. Tomorrow is May Day for the Russians. It's the celebration of the Great Patriotic War. Which indeed it was. Um, it's funny though when people quote uh, the Russian casualties from World War II and they cite them as 27 million. It's crazy. But like Timothy Snyder will tell you that yeah, 18 of those million were fucking at least 18 of those million were Stalin with Stalin killing his own fucking people. But anyway, together as allies. Oh man, that reminds me of a poem I wrote I wrote about I wrote to this girl when I was in high school who I loved. Um, and I was sad that she was leaving for college. I was a freshman. She was a senior. And I, uh, the poem ended with one of my better lines. What beautiful music we've played together. What cruel and twisted tunes we shall play apart. That is like the new fucking Cold War. Do not forget Ukraine. Stand with Ukraine, especially the next, you know, 72 hours are going to be fraught. I'm fucking nervous. You don't necessarily need to be nervous because what, you know, if you're not already nervous, then don't worry about it because we'll either all be dead or whatever. But you cannot forget the Ukraine. So, the people of Ukraine. Slava Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh... To that end, it, as every week since this fucking insane war has begun, um, this genocidal fucking massacre of, you know, innocent civilians, mainly women and children, unprovoked by Vladimir Putin, who's a cocksucker and needs to. Oh, there's. Oh, boy. There is no hell hot enough to borrow a phrase from Matt Taibbi. But, um. On. In, 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 in this week's show blurb, there are show notes. There's a link that'll take you to give.org's Better Business Bureau accredited list of charities that are working in Ukraine. Find one that you like and give what you can. These people, you know, half of them are just trying to flee for their lives, and the other half are fighting a glorious proxy war on behalf of uh, the free world against a fucking psychotic authoritarian maniac who you know who is who is become unhinged and it's a monstrous thing and do not forget about the Ukraine for reals like, give what you can. Now, are you ready? Oh, yes! Finally, before we get to our top stories, one other piece of news. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Today, and also today, coincidentally, is the official release, quote-unquote release date of Dracula Fat, my band, which consists entirely of me, Dracula Factory, 
Today's our release date, quote unquote release date for our new album, Your Mom is a Slutty Wizard, parts one and two, 666 bit chiptune depravity in five parts. Yeah, I don't know that title roll off the tongue, but Your Mom is a Slutty Wizard, Dracula Factory. DraculaFactory.com is not fully up yet and no, the album is not available for sale like anywhere at all if it is, then someone's selling you a bootleg and you need to give me their name because I will fucking find them no, we're having we hit a speed bump on our release uh, release schedule, this is not our drop date our street date, like when you'll be able to buy it on Amazon or hear it on Spotify or whatever um that's going to be in like well as of the bad news I got this Friday it will be maybe four more weeks something like that it's going to be at least at the very least two more weeks three more weeks at the very least on the outside it should be done I mean it should be out by uh, mid to late June but today is our release date and probably by the time your ear holes hear this uh, I will have done the website fucking shit where you can hear samples of the entire album read a lot about the album um and uh, also, it already links to our Here Now page. By the way, the website's DraculaFactory.com. D R A C U L A F A C T O R Y dot com. But if instead of dot com, you put dot here now dot com. That page will pop, will self-populate as the um, as the album comes online for throughout all of our distribution networks and stuff. We're gonna be everywhere. We're gonna be available everywhere. Um. So yeah, that's that's very exciting. It's seven months worth of work now, and. I want to thank all of our early listeners, especially people from this show, and especially close friends, um, Jeff Jeffy Wise, Joseph uh, Webster Webb, and uh, Jojo Gimon Kendall. Everyone there starts with a J. Coincidence reads a book. And all of our listeners of this show who took the time out of their fucking busy lives in this stressful time to give me early opinions and stuff like that um you guys' help has been instrumental uh in bringing there's a whole dedications page on the website that's already up the site looks like shit I know it's going to look better but Friday I got hit with uh this delay I found out that there's a problem with one of our tracks has a problem and I can't it, it, I have to change, I have to fix this track I have to either fix or pull it uh, 
I have no problem with doing either or because this track is actually one of the few things on the album that you can remove without destroying the overall musical integrity of the rest of the album and there so they hit me with this on the third but I only found out Friday night um because they also sent out a bunch of fucking stupid see our our our, uh, our rights management agency and uh the people who collect our royalties and who will be publishing your mom is a slutty wizard a crazy Castlevania chiptune Castlevania style chiptune derangement Rocky Horror Picture Show of sexual depravity and um, just pure madness so strap on your sneaking suit and uh, your vibrator and uh, get ready to, for some I'm coming mother I like that um <laughs> we had a problem with one track but the album is like locked for distribution and so I can't pull or edit or re-upload the audio like I mean to fix that track and so I have to wait until tomorrow when they get back into the office and maybe they can do it or whatever but after that it's probably going to be another two weeks and then then we are then we're golden because then we are actually being distributed so then then we'll start popping up on Amazon, Spotify, etc so there we go that's all of our public service announcements and uh, housekeeping for this week's episode Uh, how about we get to one of the best episodes I want to record this episode so badly because it's like such a good episode we have so many great it's apart from like the SCOTUS shit and you know the fact that we might be heading into World War 3 and that people are dying every day in the Ukraine who have lost everything are fleeing as well apart from those horrible things um let's escape for a while come with me Welcome to the best Linux Games podcast. <laughs> hey, Ivor! That's right, we'll find the case, Gregor. Oh, we'll find the fucking case, hey, Ivor. More whiskey. So, I'm not even gonna... Okay, yeah, I'm I'm scrubbing that from... Ivor, you're fired. I'm scrubbing that, that first item from the our top stories. Here we go. Actually, no, we just covered all of the top stories. Oh, yeah! So, our episode this week we're calling it The New King of Pinball and we have a new and noteworthy that will blow your fucking mind and some big fucking uh, humongous deals as well in this week's episode before we get to our new and noteworthy, which is probably going to steal the show, it's probably going to actually be what is, the screenshot for this week's episode is probably going to be from this game before we get to our new and noteworthy before we start the show show part of the show show um 
calling this week's episode the new king of pinball. Why? Because Pinball FX3 finally now runs on Linux. And we're going to we're going to take a big deep dive into one particular table into a couple of particular tables. Uh, that's our feature this week. But first, before we get to that excitement, I'm going to hit you with a new and noteworthy that is one of the most remarkable games that I've ever played in my entire life. Um, it is easily one of the most remarkable games of the last decade. Here we go. Based him with it, Ivor. Tornado here in Vegas right now. It's really bad. It like there's like flying garbage everywhere. It's it's like my underwear. Um Okay. It is my extreme honor to lay on you, friends of the FOSS, the Linux faithful, one of the most remarkable games that I have played in the last 10 years. A game that synthesizes, I think, um, the old and the new as a force for good into such a beautiful, complex artistic tapestry that pays homage to the past takes its own subject matter and then reinvents it for today's audiences. I am talking about Trek to Yomi. That's Tango uh what the f- Romeo, Echo, Charlie, Kilo, Space, Tango, Oscar, Space, Yankee, uh, uh, Oscar, oh shit, Mike, Yankee. Oh no, I think I. I'm, am I drunk already? Trek to Yomi, T R E K T O Y O M I, which is 10% off at $17.99 now through May 9th as part of the Devolver Digital sale. So, Kira Kurosawa it is a director that I saw a lot of his films when I was very young and I did not like them. I also. I'm, when I say very young, I mean like very young. Like I was like 10. I didn't like them. And then I saw them again when I was 18 and I didn't like them. Then I saw them again when I was 23. And I was more mature and more patient and I I, I could really watch these movies. It was such a great gift for me to get three shots at liking Kurosawa. Kurosawa was an unbelievable genius. Uh, For 50 fucking years, he was an unbelievable genius. His movies are masterpieces. He He wasn't just like an innovator in terms of like 
technique and cinematography and using the camera as like a voice in of itself um, th- that's that's how I think of Kurosawa but he did also pioneer a lot of different unusual techniques that that have been so influential in every other movie since uh he was actually okay. So here's a funny thing about uh, Akira Kurosawa. He so Ingmar Bergman, who's my one of my other favorite directors, um, but Kurosawa was just a fucking genius. So Ingmar Bergman, who's also just a fucking genius, and they were both actually like normal guys, which is weird when you hear when you read about them. Um and stuff, like, they were, like, pretty normal in their personal lives, which is so funny because, like, I just imagine them being the most, like, intense motherfuckers. But anyway, Bergman did a movie in color about, like, a Mongolian partisan who falls in with the Soviets and becomes a hero of the revolution. Obviously, it's Bergman. It is not a comedy. It is not a screwball comedy. It is a fucking horrendous tragedy called Derzu Uzula, which is one of I actually really like that movie a lot. I think it's one of my favorite Bergman movies. Um, probably just because it's so obscure, but Webster and I saw it on TCM uh, like fucking 12 years ago. Akira Kuros- Kurosawa has a cameo in that film and he plays himself. <laughs> That's crazy! That's how much Bergman... That's how important Kurosawa was. It's how important and in what high regard Kurosawa was held by Bergman who is widely regarded as one of the most significant filmmakers of all time so Kurosawa you know, Seven Samurai, Rashomon uh, fuck I, I, I can go anon and on and on and on and on with uh, Kurosawa tri- uh, trivia and tributes this man defined what eventually was spun off into the spaghetti western, the tale of a lone gunman who fights maybe for honor, maybe for some twisted version of honor that only he himself can understand, or vengeance or greed or lust oh, or madness and he he takes you, you know, Kurosawa uses the camera as a voice itself. It's like the voice of God. That's how I think of Kurosawa. Because, like, he, he would do these close-ups that really brought you uncomfortably close to the subjects. He would he would play with light and dark, mostly in black and white. You know, uh, there's a great line from the musical City of Angels. Uh, movies are light, movies are dark. Their faces... Uh, five stories high and 30 feet wide um, but they tell stories about these people and that is what Kurosawa is so good at and then also like he invent, you know he invents the white but he also invents a lot of really interesting techniques that uh, become or as years progress, become uh, increasingly reused by his contemporaries and other filmmakers. He is a legend. Well, 
Trek to Yomi is this is not a review, this is just a feature. Trek to Yomi is Kurosawa the game. It's a story of it's all in black and white. The whole game is all in black and white. And with film grain, published by Devolver Digital, who by the way, I have to say, um, is a name not just synonymous with, but I three years ago I did a thought thought experiment with a friend of mine when I recommended a game to him that was published by Devolver, I said Captain Ford, when was the last fucking game published by Devolver that you can remember then that, that, that was not good just name me one game because I started thinking about it immediately before I, you know I've been thinking about it for like 10 minutes before I asked it to Captain Ford anyway Devolver Digital only publishes great games at least very good games if not great Trek to Yomi I'm 4 hours into it it seems like maybe a 20 hour game on the far end of the spectrum Trek to Yomi is one of the most impressive video games I've ever played. It's a Kurosawa meets Prince of Persia video game directed by a guy who sounds like he should have been uh, a cinematographer on a Sergio Leone pick. His name is Leonardo uh, Michelini I can't remember. Uh, what you get with Trek Me is one of the most stunning cinematic experiences that you will ever have in a video game. The camera work alone is so exceptional because he uses the camera just like Kurosawa in these gorgeous environments. He uses light and dark to paint these magnificent dynamic experiences that are entirely cinematic, story-driven action sword fucking samurai set pieces. They are just amazing. Every one of them, from the least remarkable to the most remarkable. The sword play in the game, Leonard Menciari is the guy's name. The sword play in the game is just like one of my all-time favorite games, Swashbuckler. It's also very similar to Prince of Persia, but with more depth. You know, it really tries to make you focus on uh, samurai, authentic samurai. As a... um, Swordplay among among samurai and, and and the bandit horde that you fight um, turns into a conversation. It tries to do that. I think it succeeds mostly, but eventually you'll get so many different moves and so many combos, and you'll become so deadly that basically I just do a heavy attack all the time. Other thing I do is I I turn my back to every opponent that I can because I have a combo that after the first strike, which goes behind me, gives me three more strikes without any stamina. 
loss, which is like a big thing in the game. Anyway, right now the reviews are mixed for this game. I cannot believe that because the game is just four hours in. I'm blown away by this game. No one's ever really done this. And it's such a love letter to Kurosawa. If you like Akira Kurosawa, Kurosawa. If you like... Oh, and it's all in Japanese, too. But it has English subtitles, which is great. Because that's also... And the film grain, and if you like old black and white movies... Oh my goodness. And the way that the, the art direction and the camera work in this game itself, it's like it's like a poem. It is really like a poem. Which is very much how well, Kurosawa's like rough, dirty, evil poems about the fucking seething darkness in all of the human heart. <laughs> Rashomon. Oh my god, what a great movie. Seven Samurai. Oh my god. Mm. This game embodies that spirit. It's a turgid tale of blood and revenge. And a little bit of light romance. I I haven't beaten it yet. When I do, I'll have a full review and a final verdict. But it is... It doesn't matter if it if the game ends up being the greatest game ever made or not. Like I mean, like it's kind of the action itself gets a wee bit repetitive. Not, but it actually it doesn't because it's it's such a challenging. It's such a you kill a lot of people and a lot of unbelievable set pieces that are filmed gorgeously as if using a camera in 1958 it's amazing and uh, it's it's already an achievement you gotta go see Trek to Yomi I've been live streaming it so you know I even added a, a Kiro Kurosawa filter that I made to my mug box in my live stream so that I'm in black and white with like the same kind of anyway it's very good already, you need to see it, it's 10% off now through May 9th uh, $17.99, it's part of the Devolver digital sale we were going to get to the gunk this week, but we'll save it because I only have gone like 30 minutes into the gunk the gunk is pretty cool it's a um behind the character pseudo cartoonish uh ratchet and clank style inventory based science fiction um exploration platformer but we won't I don't even know if I already didn't make it into the show notes oh no it's just in my show notes good okay great awesome you're fired Ivor Sorry about that. So so those are our new and noteworthy. Now we're going to go to the deals and then we're going to get to our feature. The King of Pinball. The new King of Pinball. I do have to say though that Trek to Yomi, which is part of the Devolver Digital Sale, which is why we have like a, we've got three great deals for you this week. But before we get to like actually the deals deals, 
One thing that must be noted is that Apex Legends, you want to talk about a deal, that game is free to play, now finally runs on Linux. It takes forever to get into a match, but it does work. On Linux, they have they have patched Easy Anti-Cheat and Steam by Hooker Crook has somehow wrestled Apex Legends into finally allowing Linux players to not get kicked by Easy Anti-Cheat straight from the tutorial. I did the whole tutorial. Uh, matchmaking takes forever. I don't know if that's just a thing that's on Linux or my system or my connection or the three times that I tried to play, but we're talking like, you know, oh yeah, well, your match will begin in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes or whatever, you know, while it tries to match you with players, that's a pain in the ass. I don't know if like the game is losing players, which would figure at this point, because that's generally when they finally kick out a Linux version of it. Motherfuckers! We're second class citizens. I swear to God, it makes me so angry. But Apex Legends is a game that I have it, it is on the list of the games that we that we wanted um, back in the day when we started the podcast and we thought we would need to have a first class uh, gaming platform general computing gaming platform uh, and ran on a free and open, open, free and open source uh, operating system so that is remarkable and notable, and you should jump on it and try it out. It, it, the game is incredible. Like I've, I unfortunately I've only I've seen so much more of it than I've ever been able to play. But uh, it was a massive, massive triumph. Ask Ad Knight, friend of the show, Ad Knight from the Discord uh, chat, our Discord channel. Um, I told them months ago. So, file this under the book. I'll believe it when I see it because, bam, rubber stamp, bam, we have seen it. Apex Legends now runs on Linux, and it is a glorious thing. Alright, now, to our deals this week. We have two deals. Both of them part of the Devolver Digital Sale. Both of them two of our favorite games from the last uh, three years. First up is The Messenger. Because we gotta go do the thing, baby. Do we get to do the thing? Yeah, we're gonna do the thing. We get to do the thing! The Messenger, one of the best side-scrolling platforming ninja games since Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden sensibilities, time travel, um, multiple universe theory, etc. All included free of charge. The Messenger is 60% off at $7.99. An award-winning game. One of the best games I've played in the last three years. Uh, one of the few games that I've beaten uh, as many times as I have. Um, I'm not such a big fan of the new game, uh, of the DLC that they came out with, but whatever. It, it The game itself is amazing, and at $8 you go buy it. Another very innovative, awesome, best-loved title in the Best Things Games uh, podcast recent history has been Carrion. Carrion, the, uh, the, the product of the same sick motherfuckers who brought us Butcher, um, is a side-scrolling pseudo-platformer 
where it's it's reverse horror. You play as the monster against um, these gorgeous, gorgeously bloody, rippable, partable, uh, panicked human scientists and security forces in a lab. You are a tentacle monster with a mouth. And for every person that you eat, you grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And as you spiral out of control and get enormous and unstoppable, everyone loses their shit. And it is one of the most fun, hyper-violent, extraordinarily gruesome, delicious games I played in the last couple of years. A very innovative title as well. Um, because your tentacles allow you like super speed and movement no matter what your size is. And it's a side scroller, but they basically allow you to float. They are like muscle. They're like literally like converting other creatures muscle into just more muscle. It's free form extensible nano machine type muscle. And uh you gain a ton of superpowers as you move along, but it's really the the core gameplay of being able to just like hurl yourself at unbelievable speeds through these tunnels, the you know the scientific slash mining installation slash research site slash containment unit because they've kept you in prison, and you are so very special. It's time to show the world how special you are. Well, now it's easier than ever. Carrion, C-A-R-R-I-O-N, is 50% off through May 16th at $9.99. That brings us, finally, to our week, to this week's feature. Brace yourselves, kids. Brace yourselves. We got a new king of pinball. Who do you think? Oh, my God. It's the Livians! The Livians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Now, I won't go into my fucking storied credential. Well, it's not, they're not storied, but my endless credentials in terms of my, my knowledge and expertise of pinball. Uh, you know, I've I've covered shifts at the International Pinball Hall of Fame. Like, you know, blah. I've been, I, yeah, I've been associated with Tim Arnold and the International Pinball Hall of Fame here in Vegas before it was called the International Pinball Hall of Fame. Um, since I was seventeen was when I first met Tim Arnold. Uh, it's the largest collection of best maintained, fully functional pinball machines that you can play in the world in one location um, here, located here in Las Vegas come out, we'd love to see you We they just moved, I haven't been to the new location uh, since COVID because they moved onto the strip uh, around 18 months eh, right after COVID really started so it was like yeah, 18 months ago but they moved and they're last I heard they're up and running and I've been meaning to get back down there um, I used to if you wanted to find me this is all through my mid-twenties 
and into early 30s. If you wanted to find me, there were three bars that you would check. You would check my house first. You would try to call me, of course. Uh, but then there's three bars that you would check. One where I played piano at, the other one where I played piano at, um, but did a lot of drinking at the same uh, time, you know, both when I wasn't playing piano and when I was playing piano. Uh, and then the bar closest to my house and then the International Pinball Hall of Fame. Because every day for five years, four years, something like that, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, at night, you know, I wake up at like, you know, seven o'clock, whatever. I would do my work for the paper. I would write my columns or whatever, do whatever deadline stuff that needed to be done, um, et cetera, other ancillary work until 9.15. And then I would hop into the car I would get to the bar by the International Pinball Hall of Fame uh, by 9.45, 9.50 in the morning. I'd have a couple of shots, wait for them to open, and by 10.15, I would be on a machine for an hour, hour and a half, then I'd go back to the bar, then I'd go back to the machine, and at the bar, I would work and, and next door, I would play Pim. It's, it, my routine continued in this pattern until around yeah, you know, maybe 2 o'clock or whatever, unless someone called me or something came up, like something you know, you know my editor or somebody needed something from me immediately because I didn't have a, a laptop back then. Um, and then I would leave the International Pinball Hall of Fame and the bar and I would go to Uh, the freaking frog where I played piano which was just up the street and where I knew everyone and uh, I'd see if anyone wanted to go play pinball and you know have a couple shots there then go return to the pinball hall of fame maybe alone maybe with a hot chick maybe with a friend Um, have a couple drinks but if I was alone I would do some serious work like really serious work at that point like sketch out what the night was going to look like in terms of whatever I was working on then go back to the International Pimple Hall of Fame for another like hour and a half two hours then the last three or four hours were at the bar working and sobering up then I would go home um and then I would get drunk at home or go to my other bar, which is closer to my house and get wasted, do whatever. I go way further back with pinball than this. So prior to the news that I'm about to, that I've already broken to you that pinball FX3 is now finally running on Linux, which is monumental news. Prior to this happening, the all-time greatest pinball uh, full simulation of actual tables of pinball machines has, and it's, you know, inarguable, has, has been um, Farsight Pinball's Pinball Arcade. And guess what? that was based off the International Pinball Hall of Fame. That's how they, yeah. 
Um, that, like the, the loading screens in that in the original version of that of uh, Pinball Arcade were just photos from the International Pinball Hall of Fame. International Pinball Hall of Fame has more tables than um, Farsight Pinball's Pinball Arcade. But anyway, Pinball Arcade is getting old. And its physics model is outdated. They have fucked up their business to the point where they lost their uh, they lost their relationship with Williams and Bally for uh, the rights to their digital, to digitize their pinball machines. Um, and so, like, if you don't already own a license for Adam's Family, uh, Medieval Madness, you know, the Williams machines, I could go through all of them from memory right now. If you wanted me to, I could. I could do it. It's like 25 machines. I could do it. I'm not going to. But they lost the license for those machines. So if you didn't get those machines as table packs for Pinball Arcade by now on at least some platform, then you're never getting them. Um, They still support those machines. The game still runs really well and it's still a great physics model. It used to be the most realistic physics model of real working pinball machines from human meat space that had ever been created. It used to be magnificent. It is not aged it's not aged poorly, but it it is it's not fallen into disrepair, but it has become out of date. Furthermore, there are aspects of the simulations of certain machines that are not complete. They don't have like the full sound and sample board. They have enough of it for it to be convincing even if you're an expert even if like it's your favorite machine of all time that you've spent thousands and thousands of dollars playing in real meat space like me with Medieval Madness the greatest pinball machine ever made and the one that I am the best at and I don't just mean like a personal best like I I once was the all-time greatest at Medieval Madness. Not officially recognized by anyone or anything, but trust me. Trust me. I'm not going to tell that story. I love the Pinball Arcade. Also, nice thing about the Pinball Arcade, it had a multiplicity of um, of a uh, what, uh, what, what do you call them? Not genres. Uh, eras. Eras and years of pinball going into the ancient, stretching into the ancient fucking misty haze of antiquity um, through to the present day, including, I think they had some Stern tables on there, but I hate Stern. Blah. Come back to that in a moment. So, Meanwhile, in real meat space pinball, hang on, more whiskey. In meat space pinball, over the past 15 years, one of the biggest problems 
has been that, you know, Williams and Bally and all the old greats and Gottlieb, you know, they're all gone now. Um, but there started, eventually there began to rise up a, there, there was a slow creep, as everyone knew and dreaded, um, would occur of part shortages for replacement parts and these, especially the tables from my favorite era um, the uh, early to mid 90s Medieval Madness, Monster Bash you know, etc. But I also love the ta- some of the tables from the 80s like Taxi, those tables are very simple those are basically mechanical to fix you know, like, it's it's not a part thing. But uh, as tables grew more complex into the 90s and the mid-90s, and then Pinball dies, only to be resurrected in the unholy form of Stern, who makes very fast, very... They, they play very cheap. I mean, they are, they are... They are not... They are not good tables, in general. There are only two good Stern-made pinball tables ever in the history of the world but we don't need to talk about those bottom line is this Stern eventually starts picking up the slack because they have you know basically the facilities uh, and the, the connections and the know-how more or less to start manufacturing clones of the intricate detailed parts especially ramps and stuff like that and also all all manner of stuff for individual games that they didn't own the license to uh, you know after Williams and Bally and golly went out of business eventually we ran out of parts it took us a long time but we did and so there are these aftermarket parts that you can get to replace like you know eventually when you roll like you know a million fucking pinballs uh, down a plastic ramp eventually that ramp will break it is the laws of physics and especially you know anyway so and other components break small things especially break on uh, these very complicated pinball machines and so what has happened is that there's been a a two-factor thing in real-world pinball where there's been like kind of a brain drain as people have gotten older and maybe died or moved on in their lives who are actually maintaining and managing huge collections of these machines in the form of money-making arcades, which are dead. Um... and so they leave the business that is like a massive loss of expertise in terms of maintenance and tuning of the table um, Tim Arnold showed me how to wire the scoreboards the score, the, the, the boards for the scoring systems for many tables and actually taught me a lot about pinball maintenance by by either osmosis or terse instruction, um, those days are gone where you can really repair something that that a part that really really breaks on one of these more complicated machines, especially the ones with more complicated um, 
specifically tuned uh we're not even talking about like servo motors and stuff we're talking about like actual like physical plastic props you know stuff that you could 3d print but it wouldn't weigh the same and it wouldn't and that makes the whole thing not play the same and so you have this brain drain of expertise so you have tables getting raked too high being risen uh on the back elevation at too many degrees up which makes the games play faster which is the way that Stern makes their games and then you had this glut of and they're it's great that they do this replacement parts like for medieval madness you know replacing the ramps and stuff the trolls the troll mechanisms and those those server motors there are actually kind of important but anyway um and all of this conspired to start making even Meat Space pinball much faster and much less good. Medieval Madness is not meant to play at stern modified speeds. It completely changes the game. And it ruins the game. So one of my favorite things about Farsight Pinball, Pinball Arcade, was that it was from a different era. It was from an era that still remembered the same way I do, how these machines were meant to be played and the speeds at which they were meant to be played uh, and the flipper power that was meant to be applied. And so you had these ar- pseudo-arcade perfect, unbreakable, you know, semi-unbreakable uh, virtual digital recreations of these classic machines that could be played endlessly without any maintenance. And for a long time until this week, in fact, Pinball Arcade was the king of pinball. Now, I have a long and turgid history with Zen Pinball, the developers and publishers behind, uh, I think they publish it, or it might be Electronic Arts, I can't remember, behind Pinball FX3 and 2. I played them on the iPad. I played them on my phone. I've played them on Windows machines going back a you know a thousand years. I played them on Android phones. These guys were known Zen were known primarily for their amazing, uh, fantastical. Uh, non-meat space original designs licensed from major film, television etc. franchises, especially Star Wars. I got very much into their early st- their, their early Star Wars tables. But these games like have things that are unreal. They are like you know, like, they could never happen on, a, like, an actual pinball machine. Like, you know, like, when you're playing, like, in a Star Wars game, there'll be TIE Fighters that are flying around, and you can hit them. They're flying around on the playfield. Like, you know, there's no, like, mechanical... There's no mechanical component to them. It's like a video game, video game of a pinball machine with generally known for pretty good realistic physics. But not known for realism. Pinball FX3 is a complete uh, well it actually started in Pinball FX2 because I, I have that for Switch and I had that for the iPad and that was a, 
bunch of years ago that's when they started to branch out from like their own original tables uh, and then you know into the movies and then they started actually getting licenses to do virtual recreations using their physics engine and their know-how and their their amazing ability uh, amazing skill uh, to reverse engineer and then digitize what uh, a real meat space machine and somewhere along that line they took it they managed to take it to the next level of realism beyond even Farsight this is especially true once Farsight started losing its license with Williams and Bally this is like two and a half years ago three years maybe five years ago fuck but here's the kicker I couldn't play any of Pinball FX3 because I'm Linux only. Pinball FX3 on the iPad, I bought like the medieval, I bought all the Williams packs. They don't have all the same tables. They don't have as many tables that are real as uh, Pinball Arcade. But the... and by the way, Williams are my favorite tables of all time. They have no Gottlieb tables. So the selection is smaller, but the upgrade that you get in quality is... It's not revolutionary. It's the new standard. And it is much better than Pinball Arcade. Medieval Madness on Farsight Pinball FX3, which now runs on Linux. Finally! Thank you, fuck's sake! And also, ostensibly runs in VR, but I haven't tried it in VR. Um, is better looking, more accurate, more feature complete, has a whole slew of online uh, game modes gameplay and then can can scale from whatever degree of realism you want to whatever degree of realism you don't want including like okay fine I can rewind time but you have to unlock those things uh, which is so cool it's great it's fun and it makes playing the real it makes it makes playing it's another excuse to play more pinball and that's all I fucking want okay that's all I want out of life more pinball another excuse to play more pinball hey you got a reason why we can't have another game there's no one who's ever said that fucking sentence in my world I can't even imagine what kind of special psychopath it takes to say something so horrifying what do you mean another no we can play another game we're gonna play, I'm playing another game. I don't know about you. So, it wouldn't, this would not be a new King of Pinball feature. And so, the tables that you, you can get, and by the way, I, I should express my bias. I am extremely heavily biased towards Williams and Bally tables. Um, my favorite pinball machine of all time is Medieval Madness. Um, 
I also love Cactus Canyon. It's a Bally's table. I think it's Bally's. Um, the only Gottlieb table, I hate Gottlieb. The only Gottlieb tables that I like, Black Hole and Cubert. But Black Hole is great. Uh, but w- back to Williams, I like Space Shuttle. I like Pinbot. I like Bright of Pinbot. I like uh, Space Station. I like uh, Fishtails. I like Black Knight, Bally. Black Knight 2000, Bally. I like Centaur, which I think was Gottlieb. Um, the only Stern tables that were ever any, 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 any good at all uh, were, uh, I think they, didn't they do Firepower? No, they didn't do Firepower. They did that one that was like Firepower. But Firepower, Firepower 2000, those were Bally's or Williams, I can't remember. Uh, so what's available in Farsight in in a in pinball FX three, you have to buy these tables individually. The game is free to play. It has like three original tables that it comes with in the free to play version, and even the rest of those tables you have to buy in table packs. What they're doing right now is they're um, putting these table packs on sale every week in like a rotation. Um, I got and the license that you get does not apply to other devices that you own licenses for. So, in many of these cases, I am now buying my third license for the same tables. But luckily, they are not that expensive. However, the creme de la creme, the, so, the actual tables that are real, hang on, I'm going to open it up right now, that you can get for Williams, oh junkyard. Uh, there's no Elvira. There, uh, they they have. Um, oh, hang on, do it. God damn it, Ivor. Why don't we have this on a list? Oh no, now there's music playing. No, no, no. Challenges. Okay, so the real tables that they have. For Williams, Indiana Jones, Theater of Magic, Champion Pub, Safe Cracker. Safe Cracker is a very rare machine that only the International Pinball Hall of Fame has a copy of that I've ever seen. I've I used to be very good at Meat Space Safe Cracker. Black Rose, Attack from Mars, uh, Doctor Dude in the Party Zone, Fishtails Getaway, Junkyard, Medieval Madness, Funhouse, Space Station, Doctor Dude, Cirque Voltaire, uh, Noga Gophers, Arabian Nights. Monster Bash! Creature of the Black Lagoon, uh, Whitewater, uh, Red and Ted's Roadshow, and what the fuck is that? Oh, The Hurricane, which was the sequel to, uh, that one other roller coaster game. There there are other titles that that are, um, that are real from Meat Space Arcade, you know, running in simulation. But like I said, you have to pay for all of them. And there's tons more titles. Some of the designs, some of the actual pinball machines that that uh, Pinball FX has designed, Zen Studios has designed, their original, you know, doesn't work in Meat Space, you know, magical digital wizardry kind of pinball stuff, which kind of works like Devil's Crush on the TurboGrafx-16, if you ever remember that. Um... 
some of their tables are fantastic. Some of them are just absolutely phenomenal. Some of their Star Wars tables and some of their Marvel tables, in particular Civil War, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and, you know, have wonderful blah, 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 blah. No. It's now their, the meat space sector of the market that these guys have conquered. Because one of the holy grails, no pun intended, it's not a pun, but it not I'm not trying to be cute here. One of the holy grails in all of pinball is the 1993 Williams release Indiana Jones the Pinball Adventures. This game which is you, you can differentiate it from the more recent uh Stern Indiana Jones Pinball uh, Quartology, I guess. Uh, b- by the fact that the original Williams has a uh, pistol, like a real pistol grip, like a uh, Terminator 2, the machine, uh, for the plunger and fires with a trigger. This game, there were a lot of machines of this made. They made, in 1993, Williams put a lot of money into this machine. Because they put a lot of money into the licensing for the biggest movie of that summer, which was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And so they wanted to make a pinball machine. And so, instead of rolling out, um, and they used a lot of new technology, they invented stuff for this particular machine, including a new compression technology for the sound that it uh, it's called DCS, uh, Dynamic Compression System. This was the first machine that had that on it, and so the way this machine sounded, and the fact that all of these samples were from the movies, we're not talking about like just famous lines and stuff, we're talking about like interstitial sound effects that like are so iconic, it is screaming sound system with all these sounds, it's like you were really playing the movie. But as the vizier or as a, the um, as Sala's friend in Mary's Lost Ark says this does not come without a price. You must take one malach away for the Hebrew god whose ark this is. They're digging in the wrong place! But, so they made more more copies of this table than they made like 12,000 fucking copies of this table in 93. This table was great. It was a huge hit. But it was a very complex table. Has I don't know if it's that, if it's so much that it's complex or that ultimately the mechanical engineering combined with some of the complexity, it was it was a very ambitious and very difficult table to design and build. Mark Ritchie did the design. Um, but there were some flaws in you know, the mechanical engineering aspect of it, the electrical mechanical engineering aspect of it. It had a ton of multi-ball modes, had a lot of moving parts that 
required servo motors. And 93 is not really a great year for, you know, reliable servo motors. And these, the, the thing, the aspects of the game that, that, that they powered are all really important. And so the game kind of, uh, relied more on intervention than just sheer gravity, like all pinball does, uh, to create its magnificent and insane magical effects, meaning that when things broke on this game, it didn't just mean, like, someone has to slide the fucking glass off and fucking, you know, rescue uh, a stuck ball that's, like, gotten, you know, fucking jammed up into some corner where it shouldn't be against, you know, like, a fucking background element or something. No, it meant that, like, they had to call the repair guy. And even if, like, the guy at the arcade is like a fucking expert mechanical engineer, electrical engineer and you know with like fucking a thousand years working uh, amusement halls since the birth of pinball these parts are like really specific at the time so that means for at least for me some people have, have said they've you know they've managed to find great working copies of Indiana Jones, the pinball adventure um, all over the world. Uh, Jeff, friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, said he's seen three. Of course, the one that I know the best, I've seen about two, I think. Other than the one that I know the best, which is the one at the International Pinball Hall of Fame, which even in spite of Tim Arnold's fucking, in, you know, insane uh, what's the word? Dogged um, what's the word? He keep he, Tim always kept things ship shape as best as he could. That machine worked in their second location. I would say that Indiana Jones the Pinball Adventure was functional out of those five years was functional for maybe a cumulative total four months maybe on the outside felt more like three weeks because here's the other prom you never knew when the next thing was going to break on it so you never even when the game really worked perfectly correctly and they had all the parts and everything had been fixed and balanced and chopped and channeled and lowered and lugered you never knew what the next thing was going to break was and there were so many things that could break that you never got to spend, I never did to spend three hours, you know, a serious play session, you know, just banging balls away I like to bang the balls happy mother's day everyone yeah sample that uh, you never got to just bang three hours with the balls through the game because you know you'd be on like your fucking fifth dollar and the game played fast and it was challenging very exciting very overwhelming lots of features um very much in the in the line of Williams heavily targeted uh, 
Meaning, like, you know, there are, this was like 93 and going forwards for Williams was heavily targeted, meaning you have to hit the shots, you have to hit the ramps, um, you have to hit the actual targets. It's not as a complete disavowal and, uh, what do you call it, departure from, uh, anything resembling any of the more freeform uh, designs of their competitors and, and from the past. Heavily targeted, so it's like exciting, big hits that give you big, big points, and you build combos, and the game has a deep rule book and very complex logic, which is great, uh, which is ge- and also generally good, and has that DCS sound system. So, like, it was a big hit at the time, but the, they kept breaking. And as they got older, they did not age well at all. So you would, even when I, when when Tim had, Tim and I spent fucking three hours fixing one of these fucking things, we finally got it up and running again because we he had to wait like a month for a fucking motor. I think it was a motor. Uh, it was just a little servo motor, you know, a little electrical motor. Um. We got working for 20 minutes and the next thing broke. And because of its reliance on these, you know, on on actual technology rather than gravity, uh, and because of the heavily targeted nature of the game itself, when something breaks on this game, it's a deal breaker. It's like, you know, it's give me back my money. Like, really, like, you know, that's and they, they'll turn it off and they'll unplug it and they'll give you a dollar back. You know, that's basically it because they have to wait for fucking, you know, a month to get that. That's how it used to be. So I never got to bang out a lot of. I know that sounds hot, doesn't it? Bang out a lot of balls against Indiana Jones. See you tomorrow, Indiana Jones. Um, well, Indiana Jones, the pinball adventure was, like I said, the holy grail of Meat Space Pinball Machines to digitize. It was one of the most requested on the Farsight Pinball boards, uh, going back fucking 10 years now, I want to say. One of the most requested Pinball FX boards. I haven't read them as extensively as I used to read the Farsight Pinball. Blah, 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 blah. Well, Farsight Pinball got the rights, finally, to digitize Indiana Jones' Pinball Adventure, which is a real machine. They added all sorts of cool shit to it. The arcade perfect version of it is absolutely arcade perfect. And their physics model and their graphics engine has have both gotten so advanced and their actual ability to to model real physical uh, to simulate and to model to model and then simulate real physical uh, pinball has gotten so much better than Farsight's ever was that this game is just magnificent. I, I logged. Fifteen hours 
in this game this week. That is a lot of pinball. That's how good it is. Furthermore, their engine, their physics engine, and their graphics engine carries over to all of the other modern simulation uh, simulations of real meat space tables from the last you know bunch of years, which makes a big difference. Their medieval madness is better than Pinball Arcade's medieval madness. In fact, it is better and more complete and it doesn't play like it has stern replaced parts unlike on the iPad uh, at least on my machine on Linux it feels like it's 1997 again it's a slower you know more deliberate heavily targeted pinball machine that rewards combos and building a progressive selective uh, deep, building from a uh, uh, a deep rule book, it, you, the goal is to build selectively while avoiding one particularly easy shot to make. Uh, stacked scoring modes so that all happen at once and then getting Royal Madison. Completing a... It's a very, very deep rule book, but even after you defeat the King of Pain, you still... There's still other stuff that you have to do, but anyway the physics model is better than uh, Farsight Studios uh, Pinball Arcade which is amazing, I mean and, yeah, hey, I hope I'm sure they made tons of money uh, but they you know, we all owe them a big debt of gratitude, but then they lost the fucking Williams licenses so now no one can go back other than me, I mean, I, I I spent like $300 that week when I found out that was the last week that they were going to still be able to sell you those tables I wanted them, I wanted to own licenses for them through Steam and so yeah, so I can still play uh, you know, Space Shuttle and stuff, which you can't play on Farsight, but I mean, you can't play on uh, Pinball FX3 but the tables that Pinball FX3 does have are better by, you know, I would say on a scale, okay, well, uh, I would say they are like 30% better. 30% better than their equivalents in Pinball Arcade. And that 30% for people who've been really lusting after a real, hardcore, gloriously simulated, accurately simulated, hardcore, man, uh, meat space simulation of some of these games, like Medieval Madness, or in particular, Indiana Jones and Pinball Adventure, which will run you $15. It costs $15 just for that table. But you can get table packs of three at a time Every week, they, they just cycle through all their genres and stuff. Every week, they put another three tables on sale for half off, so it's like nine ninety nine for three tables, which, trust me, is a lot of fucking pinball. Um, but for real, you know, hardcore aficionados, devotees, that 30% improvement 
both visually and physics-wise, and then also actually rendering the machine's hardware, because there, there's stuff from Medieval Madness that is not in the Medieval Madness that is in the Pinball Arcade. There are voice samples and stuff that they don't have. And so they just like kind of it's a little bit slim that you you have to be so crazy to know this, but it's true. Pinball FX3 has those things and a better physics model and better graphics. New king of pinball, my friends, and it runs on Linux. Cheers, that'll do us for this week. Uh, again, Pinball FX3 is free to play, but uh, if you want any tables, you have to buy them. And Indiana Jones, the Pinball Adventure, which is only available as a solo table, it's it just came out uh, last month. Uh, it's $14.99. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, it is so good. It is so good. One final thought. The uh, Shit, fuck. I meant to say there's online game modes and stuff you don't get to ever like play like with someone but you can compete with other people in a broad variety of ways um, including just like naturally by completing you know like a full run on a table you'll see your friend's scores for that table so you're already kind of competing but if you if you want a more intense form of competition which fucking Pinball Arcade was famous for their 12 minute long tournaments where you have 12 minutes you have 3 balls but 12 minutes tops so who's the best where every fucking second literally counted those those are the most intense tournaments for anything I've ever done in my entire life ever um they have those every fucking hour in Pinball FX3. And if they don't have one that you like, you can create one. You can fucking use a create tournaments based off of whatever tables you want with whatever rule sets you want. It is pretty awesome. That combined with the challenges and then combined with the superhuman uh, mastery stuff and then also the wizard unlocks and then also all the extras and everything. There's a new king in Pinball. Check out Yomi. I'll catch you next week. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm going to try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Have we not come some fur piece since then? <laughs> Hello. Thank you for calling the Dracula Factory Quality Assurance Fuckline. Connecting you to your teammate now. This call may be recorded and monitored by your mom. Please be ready to show us on the Jesus doll where we touched you. Connecting.
the best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.